the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. Hey, if you guys have any phone calls, questions, comments, 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. And if you hear anything on this show that you would like more information on, just go to my website, click on the contact us form. Um, don't forget to fill in the question. I get a whole bunch of people that say they have a question and then they don't say what it is. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I, I don't know if it's just not that clear on the website or, or what. So I'll just tell you. Uh, if you write down the question <laughs> when you fill out that form, it'll, it'll make it a lot easier for me to be prepared when I when I give you a call back. So I've had a lot of time to call people back uh, just over the past few weeks. It, it's pretty wild. I haven't gotten bombarded with phone calls. And, and I think all the talk that I've been doing over the years, probably it, I'm surprised. I always think that nobody's listening. <laughs> And I guess they've been listening because we haven't had more than uh, uh, two or three people, I think, that that got really upset. Um, Everybody kind of understands. And and I'm here to tell you that uh, this this virus is going to we're going to find cures to it. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, The cooperation between businesses and countries is unprecedented. It they have never been this cooperative in the history of. Of the world. So you think about that. There are records being made. Some of them are good ones. And that's a, uh, that's kind of a big deal. The faster they share information, the more that they work on this stuff, uh, countries and companies, they have decided to forego the rights to claim uh, the research. You know, that costs a PhD a lot of money in his career, <laughs> but the, uh, and the companies. But they're all doing it for the greater good. That is awesome. I I've never seen this, and I watch pretty closely. I watch very closely because it's amazing to me how the stock market, financial markets, basically, are so involved in almost everything that goes on: politics, business. Now, in in a lot of countries, by the way, they teach political economics. The United States is one of the few countries that teaches economics as a standalone science. The vast majority of them teach it as political economics because various uh, political parties have various beliefs about how economy should be run. And I always thought that was really interesting that uh, we were the only country that did that. Now, that could have changed 
a lot because I don't know if you've ever seen me, but I've been out of college for a while. <laughs> and it could uh, could have changed quite a bit. I you know I would hope that it would, but um, just everybody progresses. And I'm just amazed at the level of cooperation. Uh, Johns Hopkins, uh, Harvard Business, I'm not Harvard Business, Harvard, Harvard Medical School, their websites are phenomenal. And I did get a, a quote, or, or not a quote, a comment from somebody who was listening. It was a doctor, and he said I should talk about how uh, there's legislation uh, that's been passed that will pay for the testing on people who don't have health insurance. So if, if you think you have COVID-19 and you want to get tested, there you can get that paid for. And I'm just repeating, by the way, what I read. And this is a story that came on uh, up on uh, ABC News Channel. Uh, and I think it was, I can't remember where it was out of. Anyway, that the story originated in Washington. And so if you, if you think you have it, you can go in, you can get tested and, uh, it's not going to cost anything, at least not now. And, uh, there, there have been a lot of, uh, laws ch- that have come out lately very quickly. Another thing I'm very impressed by is how quickly our government's been responding to a lot of this stuff. I don't think people understand. There are 330 plus million people in this country. Let me let me challenge you to do something. Try to get a hold of 10 of your best friends in a day. Give that a shot sometime. <laughs> you will not be able to do that. You're going to try and try and try. So to, the fact that you're making laws and rules that have be, that have to be enforced over 300 million people? Are you kidding? <laughs> I don't want that task. That that is a that is brutal. Absolutely brutal. And they're doing a, I, I think they're doing a phenomenal job. I'm always amazed at how well things work in this country. It just blows my mind. Anytime I start getting a little upset, I, I like to try to schedule a trip somewhere, maybe once a quarter, once every six months or so, and where I have to ride on a plane. Because when I'm in a plane, I can look out the window and look down at all that stuff down there and all that stuff that's working. I'm thinking, wow, restores my faith in mankind. <laughs> we haven't found a way to blow ourselves up yet. <laughs> yeah, actually there are multiple ways, but uh, they're refraining from that. Anyway, don't, don't, don't want to go that, that direction. Um, but so there's a, uh, uh, if you don't have insurance and you think that you've got a problem and it's good news, you can get that those tests paid for. And uh, that's another thing I'm going to be talking about a little bit later in today's show when I was talking about how financial markets are so intertwined with what's going on outside of the financial markets. It's amazing. You can learn an awful lot about society by what's happening by watching financial markets, by watching companies that are participating, listening to what they say, watch what they do. It's mind-boggling. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit more about that. I There were 40 companies that came up in the scans that I use. These are momentum-based scans. They're looking at stocks that are moving up right now. There are 40 companies that came up that were related to the healthcare industry. And I'm going to talk about them a little bit later in today's show. And uh, down the road, I will, I'll make that list available. In fact, all these companies have come up on the scans on the Lookout for the Bull website at some point in time. 
they've all been uh, on there. And I think I'm actually going to drop the price on the uh, Lookout for the Bull website. I'll talk to Mike. Mike's the uh, the guy that runs it every day. And uh, I, I think that would be uh, probably a really good idea. And But it's just amazing to me. If you look at the stocks that are moving and that right now, how closely that ties into whatever you see in the papers. Now, normally stocks are six to nine months ahead of whatever happens in the economy. Why? Well, nobody really knows for sure, but there are oftentimes a lot of uh, very wealthy investors, mostly hedge fund managers today, who have people close to the situation. It behooves them to try to find out what's going on with all these publicly traded companies, what's going on in the economy, which companies are going to benefit from that. So once they figure that out or they have an idea, they actually have a tendency to act on those ideas and they're, they're buying or selling either pushes stock prices up or drops them. So being uh, in America, uh, most countries actually, most countries are, are typically long only. That means they only buy stocks. They don't actually sell stocks short. So I don't pay attention to stocks that are going down nearly as much uh, as I do those stocks that are going up. But it's amazing how well that fits into all the stuff that you're reading about. And oftentimes you're reading about stuff, companies that are working on, say, solutions to the problem of having not having a vaccine. And you see the uh, World Health Organization, uh, CDC, Center for Disease Control, Harvard, Johns Hopkins, a lot of other institutes. Uh, there's another website I just came across. The, uh, yeah, it's uh, Médecins Sans Frontières. That's French for Doctors Without Borders. And talk about a wonderful website. And you can go to doctorswithoutborders.org. Uh, they've got a great resource for this. It, it explains it in such simple language. And these are, that's how you know somebody's incredibly, that they're genius because they take incredibly complicated items and break them down so that an average person can understand it. That's a real genius. <laughs> there are a lot of geniuses, by the way, that can't communicate. Um, it's not my favorite type of genius, but. <laughs> But hey, if they're helping, that that that's fine. Uh, just you can get somebody else in there that can convert it into English for you, but uh, or in a simple language. But excellent website, facts and figures about the coronavirus disease uh, outbreak. Lovely, and yeah, everything you you'd want to know is right on that page. So I'm going to not spend a tremendous amount of time talking about it because there's that resource. And if somebody wants to, uh, you know, again, if you hear this stuff and you're in your car, please don't try to write that down. The, uh, the <laughs> you can just go to my website, Bullington Capital. I'll forward you all the links to all these websites. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, I'll tell you another thing that's, that's awesome. Um, I've, I just contracted with this, with this company to provide a service that was similar to Bloomberg service. Uh, I think it's better actually for, for what I'm doing, it's definitely better. And it's a fraction of the cost. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable that uh, it's about a third of what a Bloomberg terminal would cost. And it's a lot easier to use. So this is going to be phenomenal. When I'm able to 
do another seminar. And I've, I have been getting a lot of requests for people to do an online seminar. I, I may do that. I don't know yet. I'll, I'll, I'll make the decision sometime this week. And uh, I've been looking into it. Uh, I was going to use the Zoom service, and then they got hacked. <laughs> the, that would have been my luck. <laughs> I sign up, and you know, right before everybody gets hacked. The uh, so we'll probably do something like that. But this is the the, the service there. It was actually old Reuters, uh, the news service, and they decided to buy up a bunch of uh, other companies, merge them all under one roof, and give Bloomberg a run for their money. And I think they're doing a great job. So the research that are that's typically involved in looking into a company's financial statements and what the analysts are thinking about the company what the management has to say about how the company's doing uh trying to find out what their competitors are doing you know that stuff all takes minimally an hour if you're really experienced if you have a lot of experience to find out everything you need to know about a company it takes about an hour minimally and that's with all the that's with Google and uh, SEC's Edgar Online that uh, Edgar stands for Electronic Data Gathering and Retrieval. That information's there. It's not formatted in an easy way for you to access to make this quick. One of the reasons I still have a job. But the uh, uh, but this new service is going to have it so you can actually format it so that whenever you type in a, a stock symbol or if you don't know what the stock symbol is, you can put the company's name in there. You, you have a format that pulls all that information up in one place at the same time. That is awesome. I can't wait to get started with it. It's probably this, this week sometime. And uh, I'll tell you, when this is over, um, what's going to make researching stocks a whole lot easier. Incidentally, I'll be able to put that on my laptop and bring it into the station here with me so that I can share whatever information is is there with the general public. One of the uh, questions I get a lot, especially now, is people are looking for stocks that are paying big dividends. And I, I will tell you this, the, the stocks that have the highest dividend yields, and by the way, don't feel bad if you've been burned by this because we've all been burned by this. This is how you, basically how you learn. And um, hopefully you learn quicker than most people, you know, quicker than I did. The, uh, um, but when you're looking for just a dividend yield, not such a good idea. The, the, the dividends that are really high, there's typically a problem, some sort of a problem with that company. And they may not be able to keep paying that dividend. And if they cut the dividend, you can bet the stock price, even though it's down a lot from where it was, it can go down a lot further. So that's something you want to be really cognizant of. If you're going to buy dividend-paying stocks, you want the dividend to be relatively stable and the dividend is only going to be as stable as the underlying business. So we'll talk a lot about that uh, in the future. And I'll just give that heads up right now. The stocks that are really solid, that have good businesses that are more predictable, a a good dividend yield for that right now is probably somewhere around four or 5%. That's a good dividend yield in that area. Now, some of the companies, like some of the biotech companies and some of the ones I was talking about earlier that we'll talk about a little bit later in today's show, a lot of those companies have great balance sheets. They don't pay dividends. They reinvest the money that they're making into their businesses. So if you're looking for good dividends that are going to grow over time and the share price appreciation will, you know, join the club, <laughs> there's a lot of us out there 
looking for that same thing. It's not that they, they don't exist, and I think a lot of them exist now. Right now, there's this big shadow hanging over the economy. Uh, it's called COVID-19, the COVID-19 shadow. shadow. It slowed everything down. I mean, you, you can basically take the last two months of production for an awful lot of businesses, and you have to write it off. You have to write it off. If you're a, a business owner or if you're a restaurant chain and you rely heavily on people coming in, to your restaurants, that's going to put a big dent in your annual reports this year, which is another good thing. It's another thing that somebody called in and asked me about. How do you do the valuations when you know that the revenues are going to be down quite a bit? Well, the answer is you're going to have to estimate and you're going to have to take the time that it was shut down, whatever the business was shut down over, uh, look at those months and make an adjustment for those months, is that going to send the valuation levels lower? Well, it could. And and if you were l- looking at it without thinking about it, if you're just memorizing instead of thinking about what you're doing, then you would absolutely drop the share prices on that. The math by itself would actually lower the valuation, or not lower the valuation, lower the, the fair value calculation and stocks would be selling for a lot lower than they are. Many of them are. And I think I was talking about Discover Financial Services. I've been getting my butt kicked. <laughs> There's no other way to put that. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was at 90-something. It, it drops down to uh, 45, and I buy some. About a week later, it's at 22. <laughs> so I bought more of it at 25, by the way. It was bouncing so fast. Anyway, I hear the music. i got to take a real quick commercial break. I'll be back right after these messages. And there are choices that I've made that I wouldn't make again. I've had my share of laughter, of tears, and troubled times. Staring down the face of And that's a nice song, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Have to. Uh, I think I own that one. I have to find it on my uh, music on the phone. Sometimes the uh, they change the operating system on my car, and it's a lot harder to find the music now <laughs> on my iPhone. So, uh, but anyway, that nothing is as constant as change. You know that? The, uh, yeah. <laughs> I understand. Like at some point in time you get to the stage in life where you go you know couldn't they just slow down <laughs> or couldn't they just keep supporting the old technology while they bring the new technology on and let the kids play with that <laughs> but uh anyway like that ain't gonna happen <laughs> uh anyway you know what the uh here i wanted to go through there were a couple of um i thought this was pretty interesting um this was under see world economic forum there's only one option for the global coronavirus exit strategy okay and let's see where was that first crucial element of covid19 exit strategy is the massive is massive testing both for infection and immunity so that the healthy people can return to work and those who are infected can get appropriate treatment for this the countries will need adequate 
adequate supplies of testing kits and protective equipment, as well as ventilators and access to emerging treatments. It's my whole theme of today's show. Everybody, they all know what they need to do, and they're working on it. And it's at a pace that's actually faster than any other uh worldwide pandemic in modern history okay so that me that is a uh, it's mind-boggling that they're actually doing as well as they are as fast as they are is it as fast as i'd like it no it's not as fast as anybody would like it yeah i wish this was over last three weeks ago but uh but the fact of the matter is they are making progress and that's kind of a, a, a big deal and uh, I think it's really interesting that, you know, the president's office and administration decided to step out of the way and let the governors call the shots in their states. And that's actually how it's supposed to be when you think about it. And in French, by the way, since, uh, let's see, oh yeah, since I started off talking about Médecins Sans Frontières, they call the United States Les États-Unis. The, uh, that's the states united. And uh, that's really how this whole place got started. It was a bunch of individual states decided to form a, uh, a central government and where the states have a lot of their own authority. I think it's pretty good. And I've, uh, I, I think our state's actually doing quite well, given the fact that you've got three relatively large cities, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Columbus. We don't have that many infections. We don't have that many deaths. That's, I think these done, they've done a pretty good job. And I like that too. So anyway, the, uh, what was I, uh, I'm losing my whole train of thought here. Don't get old. <laughs> I was looking at Cuyahoga County. I was looking at the uh, worldwide, actually, uh, the number of cases confirmed a little over 2 million, 2.2 million, uh, the number of deaths, about 154,000. Um, that was right around 3% or so. So even if you got it so far, you know the uh, it's only been fatal in, in about one out of thirty. That, that's not too bad, actually. Uh, and recovered, by the way, already five hundred and seventy-one thousand. That's that's a lot. So that's actually about twenty-five percent of the people that, that got it. And uh, so this is nothing that we can't. At some point in time, we're going to win. This is. It's days are numbered, um, just the number of those days nobody's really sure of. But like I said, I'm, I've been so impressed with companies and countries and a lot of doctors, a lot of researchers who are basically giving up their rights to patents, giving up their rights to uh, cornering a market, so to speak, uh, for profit, and they're pitching in. That, that's an amazing thing to see and uh, actually kind of restores my faith a little bit in humans overall. So is it perfect? Nope. Is it going to be perfect? Nope. We're still human. Yeah, still going to make mistakes. But I like to see the fact that it, things are moving in the right direction. And uh, you go back and you look at um, what's going on outside of the uh, the actual the medical markets. Again, go back to look at financial markets because they're they're so closely intertwined, and there are so many people that actually have more information than almost any of us 
on the outside are ever going to have. And oftentimes, you know, they're coming to these institutions. They go to a big bank for a big loan. Don't think the banks don't have analysts that talk to each other. So when you start seeing those stocks start to move, that you should that should give you some thought. But uh, what's giving me thought is I got a phone call. Uh, I'm going to take it right now, and I got uh, Al. Hey, you're on the uh, Bullington Capital Report. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yes. This is, this is Al. Yes. Yes. Uh, I have a couple questions. Uh, it's been a long time since I was in college and took economics, and all I remember is a bunch of three-letter capital words. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the other thing I remember is that uh, our government prints money. Yep. Now I'm a little concerned. Now, uh, could we be could we be in for uh, massive inflation? I mean, five trillion dollars—that's a lot of money to print. Um, and uh, yeah, it would have been uh, a lot more back in the 1940s. But but the uh, reality is nobody's nobody really knows. In fact, the uh, money supply has been growing at about three times the rate of GDP growth and the inflation rate for about 20 years. It's kind of it's kind of like those socks that disappear once they go into the dryer. Nobody knows where they are. Right. (laughs) They've been printing. (laughs) They've been printing this money and circulating this money, and it hasn't had the impact that that we all thought it would. So inflation, I have, a, I, have a, I have a theory on that, by the way, and the theory is that that the money has actually left this country. It hasn't stayed around, so it's spread out around the world. And other, you know, China's inflation has been astronomical. Nobody talks about that. Their inflation rate is horrendous. And I think a large part of it, they, they may actually be suffering from the money that we're printing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we uh, they own a lot of our debt, and uh, oh yeah, and believe me, the uh, when interest rates start to go up, you want to talk about payback is a bear. <laughs> yeah. The uh, that's going to be rough. <laughs> you know, a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people are unhappy with China lying to us about this virus, yeah. and I don't think there uh, it's going to be a lot of pressure for us not to. I mean, there's a debt. I wonder what. Oh, no, they don't have to do that. I'm telling you, they do not have to do that. All they would have to do is say, hey, listen, guys, they're going to give uh, our financial guys a heads up and say, we're going to, we're going to jack up rates on a 30 year treasury back to 6%. We're only going to do it for two years. They, they jack up the rates on 30 year treasury to 6%. Those bonds that try, that China bought with a 3% coupon are a, Whatever the coupon is, they're going to get crushed, and and they well, know it. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's a fine mess we've gotten ourselves into because they own all the uh, a lot of that debt, but and we have control of it. So you you can right. you can devalue the currencies too. I, I don't know. I'm surprised they moved as fast as they did in a lot of the things that they're doing right now. In fact. A lot of the oil companies, you know, Saudi Arabia and Russia decided to join up and, and gang up on the U.S. shale oil producers because they can produce it at a lower cost than we can as a shale oil. It's more expensive here in the United States. And, uh, what a, what great timing they had. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the, um, anyway, and our government came out and said, look, you know, we're just going to support them. 
And uh, somebody said, where's the money going to come from? The Fed, uh, uh, the Fed's reply was, we'll print it. (laughs) Same stuff China's been doing for 40 years now. Same stuff. That's how they've actually been able to grow as quickly as they've been able to. And, and that's one of the reasons that investing is so important for not from now on. Uh, back in the, the day when you could get a, a 7 or 8% CD and not have to worry about it, because if you only spent 3%, paid 2% in taxes, you reinvested the rest of it, and you kept up with, well, you almost kept up with inflation, not, not quite, actually. But the, uh, at least your, your pay went up, and you had these much higher interest rates. But uh, you don't have that luxury now. And I think there will be higher inflation at some point in time. Don't know when. Uh, I would have thought that it would have happened just like almost every other economist in the world. Um, Jimmy Rogers, poor guy, he he kept you know banging the inflation drum and banging the inflation. Twenty years, people just stopped listening to him. And uh, right, everybody that that knew anything about economics was watching this, going, "Wow, why is this happening this way?" <laughs> and, yeah. Oh. But yeah, I have another question. Sure. Uh, if somebody uh, has debt, they say a home mortgage, and inflation does speed up, isn't that, uh, and you'll be paying back with inflated money, aren't you ahead of the game? Yes, you are. That's a, uh, that's, okay. that, that's one of the other benefits. If, if inflation does get higher and you've got a fixed interest rate, you might want right. to, yeah, you, you, you're in the driver's seat. That, that can work out very well for you. It can create a lot of equity in your home so that by the time you get to retirement age, you know, you could sell your home, move to a smaller home and pocket a lot of that money. Right. Okay. Another question. I heard uh, a gentleman that made a lot of predictions and he seemed to be right on some of them. Uh, Harry Dent. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah, he's been, uh, it's like tossing a quarter though. He was about as right as he is wrong. And um, and some of the stuff. He, my opinion of, of that guy is he really likes to write. He he likes to sell books, and he's an alarmist. Yeah, he's an alarmist. That's for sure. Yeah, he could scare you. Yeah, you yep. could lose a little sleep listening to him. Oh, he's he's good at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I, I, I don't take what he says much. You know, with, I take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, I know what he's yeah, doing. Well, he's, His goal is to I'm sell books. Uh, yeah, well, I heard him. Well, okay, that's what the game is about, yep. making money. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, he his predictions, I heard him uh, last week. Yeah, I mean, they were dire predictions. I mean, uh, uh-huh. And he, he's been wrong uh, so many times, but people forget. You know, if you keep saying, the market's going to go down, the market's going to go down. Well, yeah, because it does every once in a while. That's how, that's part of the process. If you didn't know that, well, then you might think that, oh, this guy's a genius. Yeah, but today, man, when you've got access to all the data that, that's available on the Internet, and uh, you can go back and look it up if you'd like to, or when this passes over, you can come to one of my seminars. I'll show it to you. <laughs> right. You'll, you'll see all this stuff. You go, wow, those guys are just running around. They're like the uh, uh, chicken little, the, the, the sky is falling. And, uh, right. Oh, yeah, uh, the big banks. Is there any possibility that if things do go downhill in the future, because the government has to print a lot more money to keep this economy rolling, right? Uh, could they could they be in trouble? The banks will have trouble every so often, whether the government prints money or not. That's just 
another part of the cycle. Um, eventually, banks get so competitive with each other that they end up driving each other almost out of business. They make a bunch right. of risky loans that blow up on them. Then the Fed has to come in, print a bunch of money, set you know, fix that problem, and set them back straight. And some of the people will actually be scapegoats, and some will actually deserve to be dethroned from their uh, CEO positions. <laughs> but yeah, the, you know, uh, actually, like they're, they're, by printing money, they're giving money that we earn, and, and uh, it, it's inflated, so we have less money. So in essence, what the government is doing is taking the money from people that worked and saved. And, uh, well, that's actually not true. That, that's actually not true. Uh, the government, because that actually presents opportunities and it presents opportunities to everybody, no matter how much money you have. You just have to recognize it. It is unfair to the people that don't know how to recognize the opportunity. The, uh, but that's, you know, that's on them. You, you have to get, you have to get your knowledge base up there so that you can, uh, invest correctly and, you know, right, you know, ride that out. So it, I would hate to be in Japan, by the way, but because uh, Japan's stock market's about forty percent below where it was in nineteen eighty-eight, that's rough. Right, that's really rough, and yeah. they have negative interest they rates. Never, they never came back. Mm-mm. And uh, that's yeah. about, we're we're not Japan, and we're not eating anywhere close to what that is. That the economic differences are just yeah, we're we're gigantic. still in the uh, we're still the, the world. Yeah, for uh, now. Yep. Safe, safe place for money. Uh, yeah. As far as uh, uh, precious metals go, uh, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. No. Okay. Uh, how about? Uh, isn't China the sole source of tungsten for the world? No. <laughs> I thought I thought they were. Okay, I'm, I'm mistaken. <laughs> okay. I th- I thought they That's were. Okay. Well, just an interesting thought. Yeah. You know? Yep. But, uh, hey, Al, I'm actually going to have to run. I got a guy on hold. He's been on there for five minutes. But, uh, hey, thanks thanks for calling. Have a good weekend. And, Jimmy, thanks for waiting patiently. Yeah, Bill. See, um, I just want to add on to the earlier comments they were making about the uh, debt, national debt. You know, a lot of what they don't take into consideration is the debt related to uh, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, veterans' benefits, government pensions. Those total around $35 trillion of unfunded liabilities. Hey, hey Jimmy, i gotta, the- I got to take a real quick commercial break. You want to hang on? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, all right. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420 The Answer. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Hey, you're listening to Bill Bullington. We're here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. <clears throat> Excuse me. On fourteen twenty. You can also find this as a podcast on the Fish's website, 955thefish.com, or my website, bullingtoncapital.com. If you have a question, you'd like to see something that uh, uh, one of the reports I talk about in the radio show, please feel free to give me a call. Make sure you write the question in the question box um, on the... <laughs> Oftentimes I get people, I'll get five or six people sending it after each show a question and there's no question there because I I don't know if that's just not that clear, but the, um, 
So write the question in there, and I'll be glad to try to answer it the best I can. And I'm going to go back to uh, Jimmy, who's waiting. Uh, Jimmy, did, uh, you have to remind me of, of what your question was. Yeah, uh, Bill, I was talking about the uh, the federal debt, and uh, what that does not include is all the unfunded liabilities that the government has hanging over its head, uh, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, pen, uh, government pensions, veterans' benefits, and those total in excess of $35 trillion, and that's on top of the $23 trillion of national debt we well, already see, have. That's, that, that's, that's kind of inaccurate, Jimmy. You're looking at, you're forecasting that out into the future and taking the, uh, the like a, an actuary would do that. This is what we're going to pay over the next number of years. So it's well. That's uh, that's, a, that's actually the present value of those unfunded liabilities. Present value, not future value. Uh, so that uh, that number is going to continue to grow over time. Well, that's 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 about five times the number that I I've seen. So I'll have to go back and double check that. But the uh, in fact the uh, unfunded debt the uh, or a lot of the debt non interest bearing debt that's money that they've borrowed from those programs that you're talking about and spent. Uh, for other projects, which they really weren't supposed to do. that That's not a really good thing. But what that leads to at some point in time is they will, if they have to, they will resort to printing the money. Now, you don't, you hope that that's not going to happen. Everybody hopes that that's not going to happen. You'd hope that GDP growth will get to a point where it's growing faster than the inflation rate, or at least is keeping up with the inflation rate. And that if they keep the expenses relatively uh, stable and income and GDP growth occurs, then it becomes smaller as a percentage of GDP. And that's what you should be looking at. Those are the numbers that you want to see. So you need to go well, back and look yeah. those up. And because uh, talking about you know the very the dollar amounts, the debt to GDP ratio was a lot higher in 1945 than it is today. So and that led to how many years of growth? And and what did we start in 1945? This plan that was called the Marshall Plan, where we were actually giving money away. So we've been in a lot worse shape than this. And what you're listening to and being subjected to are the alarmists. There are an awful lot of people in this country who are not happy unless they're miserable. Yeah, but during during the no no yeah, but everything I just said lays out exactly what you need to do to go fix this in your own mind. Is it an issue? Yeah, it's an issue. Probably needs to be dealt with. Is it going to cause uh, um, panic? Is it going to cause markets to crash? Is it going to cause a, uh, a depression worse than the other one? No, it's not. It The result's going to be higher than normal inflation, which incidentally is brutal to people who are looking at retirement. But it's not all those other things that people keep thinking. This is not Armageddon. And it's not going to lead to Armageddon. We're not at that point yet. And even if we were, they would actually scrap a whole lot of stuff and either just print the money so that there's so much inflation that there's a massive transfer of wealth to people who hold assets that keep up with inflation versus those that don't. Okay. And uh, that would not be good, but we're not there yet. We're not even remotely close to that point yet. That that you and I will be dead by the time that happens. So, well, you know, World War Two, post World War Two, was a different era because we didn't. Have it was always different. It's never going to be the same. But the basic principles, just because we live in two thousands, doesn't mean 
that I can do something different and it's going to come out with a different outcome, I promise you, if I go out and start flapping my arms, I'm not going to be able to fly. That ain't going to happen. You know, with, within 10 years, interest on the national debt is going to be the largest component of the federal no, budget. No, it's already one of the larger components. That That's why you're probably I'm going talking, to see... I'm, that's why you're going to see interest rates most likely. It's highly unlikely that interest rates are going to go up a lot. And that's why, as an investor, well, you need to be uh, you need to be better than average as an investor, which is not that hard to do. So uh, you're you're just bringing up a bunch of problems like there's no solution to them. I'm trying to tell you what the solutions are, and but you're fixated on the problems. And by well, the way, that, I that's see, a, I that's a that's a tough way to live. I don't see any uh, light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, jeez, talk about rough. Yeah, that's that's a tough way to live. A, you're not looking. You're not listening uh, to anything I'm saying, so you're not considering what I'm saying. And uh, so you, oh, you, I, I def- you, you can't. I be. definitely am considering it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I just think uh, you know uh, this debt. Bomb that we're sitting on top of. It's gonna, you know, they reckon is gonna come at some point. Well, you I can tell you this: that economically, economically, we've been in a lot worse shape than we are today, and we are in much better shape than we've ever been. The uh, mm-hmm. it's it, it's never been this good. We've got more safety. I, I, I don't say it, Bill. Well, that's because you didn't live through it, and you don't study economic history. Go back and look at the late eighteen hundred. That was rough. <laughs> that was really rough. That's why the life expectancy was so short back then. One of the reasons. But anyway, well, I appreciate we'll you calling. And uh, I got I to gotta let you go. Yeah, There's another call. Yep, have a good weekend. Matt, you're on the Bulletin Capital Report. Hey, Bill, two quick questions. I know you can't go into super detail, but one thing I was reading on Yahoo Finance and kind of I don't know what that gentleman was talking about, about the national debt, but they were almost saying in Yahoo Finance that it's, it's almost irrelevant. And they were basically saying because like the United States, I guess bond rating is like number one and number two, or like according to Moody's. And they were basically saying, cause it's our ability to like raise and collect taxes. Yes. And I understand that, you know, there's, there's more complex to that. Right. Um, you know, and I guess, can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on the whole thing with China owning our debt? Well, China owns a, a bunch of debt. So does Japan. So do a lot of other uh, foreign countries. And when they buy the debt, they're they're buying it because it, it's relatively safe. Uh, and China controls their own exchange rate. By the way, the uh, you have to um, pay whatever they're asking for, which there is is illegal here. So okay, there's a bunch of stuff that that happens that's really not, I guess, that fair. And one of the things I, I thought was really interesting about this period in particular, is that we are using a lot of the same tactics that China and Russia and every other country, Saudi Arabia for a long time, Japan for a long time, uh, Mexico, we're actually doing a lot of the same things that they've been doing and taking advantage of us. <laughs> right? They've literally been taking advantage of us. So um, I was just glad this is another thing that, that's happened because of the uh, coronavirus. Actually, it was a, uh, uh, they were moving that direction anyway, but the uh, it kind of sped things up a little bit. And they're actually going to stand behind some major companies that are a major part of the infrastructure in the United States, and they're going to assist them. The federal government's going to assist them with funds. That is mind-boggling 
that they've actually, it's not that they're doing it, it's that they admitted it because they've right. never spoken that way before. So that's come, and they should be. It's not fair that the Chinese government subsidizes businesses in there who are losing money and they say, oh, that's okay. Just keep your prices low. Put the American manufacturers out of business. And when you can't pay back your loan, we'll forgive the loan. They've been doing that for decades. Right. Yeah, you're right. That's not fair. No, that's not fair at all. So I'm like, yeah, and it's about time that somebody stepped up and said, hey, you know what? Um, we're going to do it too. Yeah. And we're right. not, we'll never do it to the same level that they do. Uh, that Russia or China does. But um, the fact that we're doing it, I think, is is actually a pretty good thing. It, is it inflationary? Yes, it is. It is inflationary. And it's going to be more important than ever that people are investing in a diversified portfolio. You can't stick all your money in CDs or bonds anymore the way that our grandparents and, and great-grandparents did. Or even, uh, yeah, well, I guess big grandparents because even my parents are not. They haven't done that forever. Of course, I'm their investment advisor, so they wouldn't do that. But <laughs> the uh, well, I, go. On, I'm sorry, to interrupt you. Oh no. Uh, so it, it's just important, and the the thing that I'm that makes me most optimistic about where we are today as an economy is you look at valuations on stocks, which I will not have time to go into today. But I will promise I'll, I'll go into it next week on on the show because I think it would put people's minds at ease. When you look at a, a company, you buy a company because it's generating a certain amount of profit. Uh, most people right. don't know how to do the numbers. They hear the story. The story is, you know, Procter & Gamble's had a great year. Everybody's still going to be washing their clothes, so the stock goes up. Despite the fact that the market's been crashing, that stock has gone up. Why? Um, because people are, are becoming, uh, they like the dividend yield before. The dividend yield still paying more than CDs or 10-year treasuries are. But there's a point in time where the price doesn't justify what you're paying for it anymore. And, and that's the part that you got to keep your eyes on. Uh, and you can do it now. It's much easier than it's ever been in the history of the financial services industry because of the Internet, because the data, like I was talking about earlier, that, that to only have to look up for an hour all the data that, that you need, that used to take several weeks Okay, when, right. I, when I first started in the, in the industry, you had to call the companies and, and get them to send you a uh, a recent financial statement. That was a bear. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was brutal. So then when you could look it up and you could get access to all the information that you needed and it only took an hour, I was like, oh, phew, this is awesome. Well, well now it's like five minutes. <laughs> well, anyway, and that's... Yeah, you know, and I, I I own a little bit in bonds. But I mean, for the most part, I've I've kind of shot toward you know quality dividend stocks and you know MLPs and a few other things to you know not really even tie my money up with bonds right. um, yep. and kind of readjust my portfolio like you like you yeah. What that sounds good. Hey, hey, man, I'm actually gonna have to run here. I, I hear the music. That means my show's over. My time's up. But I appreciate you calling. If you want to call back next week, that'd be great. Um, for the rest of you. Have a good week, good week, uh, good investing, and good luck. You can call it at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.